Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, the person talking to me about who my character is, what they feel, what they think, has always been a white man. And if I want that to change, I need to be the change. So I decided that I wanted to be a director so that I could create the opportunities for Black women, especially, to be able to look across the table and have sometimes the complex and difficult conversations about how we are being portrayed on the stage. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, today we have a very special guest, a very inspiring guest in the Cultivating Her Space podcast today, okay? Shelly Williams is a Brooklyn-based director committed to cultivating original plays, musicals, and socially conscious theater. She is the director of the revival of Aida for Disney Theatrical Group, Mandela the Musical, and Indigo. She has directed at regional theaters and festivals across the country and has a long history of work on Broadway in Rent, Aida, and Motown the Musical. And today we're super excited to learn more about Shelley's book, Your Legacy, a bold reclaiming of our enslaved history. Shelley, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Oh, it is so wonderful to be here with y'all. I'm happy to be in conversation. We are so excited. Yes, we are looking forward to this conversation. We have all kinds of questions. So we are going to start with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from Issa Rae. Diversity is still a huge issue. 
We need more people of color in positions of power to green light content. If you want to see content of color, then it has to be in the hands of people of color. So, Shelly, we pick this quote after thinking about all of the work that you have done in theater and how you have fought to get a seat at the table and the content that you have intentionally created in theater, but now also with your book. And so when you hear this quote, what comes up for you? That there is an authenticity mandate. I grew up, I won't speak for you, but I grew up so happy for whatever we got. I was so happy for our one show. I was so happy for, you know, the one of us that was in a movie, (laughs) even though we got killed first. I was so happy for us to be there. (laughs) And, And what's really interesting is, you know, I have two daughters that are 10 and 11, and they now have the expectation to see themselves. You know, they're looking around and they're saying like, mommy, why are there only two black girls in the show? And how come none of them have glasses? And why are, why is their hair straight? You know, they're like, they really have this expectation to see themselves in the world and society as a whole, especially people of color have said no more. Are we going to allow our stories to be told by someone else? Are we going to allow these generalizations and these stereotypes about us continue to be perpetuated? Because when we make our own content, it sells. So not only is it a bad idea to mock us by having you know people that are not us do our work, it's also bad business. So yeah. I think a long way of, you know, in us healing and us getting to know each other is to actually have authentic representations of who we are. That is beautifully stated and extremely true. So thank you for pointing that out, Shelly. Can you tell us more about your origin story and what, I guess, what made you know that you wanted to act, direct, and create Broadway shows? Well, I didn't know any of those things. <laughs> My origin story was is that I was a very energetic child. And my mother said to me, because I took like tap, ballet, and jazz growing up and piano lessons. And, and I was like, you know, wh- did I want to do all those things? And my mother was like, you had so much energy. I was like, any class that we can afford, this child needs to be busy. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I kind of found my way into it. I have always loved telling stories. You know, I was the girl who was like, you know, doing shows in the backyard with my friends. And I've always been fascinated with, with, you know, creating art, any kind of art. I've always loved it. I've always loved being on stage. My dad is a professional musician. He's the drummer for the Ohio Players. So I grew up in the business. I grew up, you know, traveling and seeing them perform, you know, on the weekends. And so being in the business was a very realistic profession. I was not, you know, I wasn't raised with parents who were like, that's not a real job. I was raised with parents of like, that is a real job. If that's what you want to do, follow your heart, follow your passion. But I was also raised with, you know, because my dad is a musician, he practices every day. So if you're going to follow your heart, it takes rigor to do that. There was no question about, you know, 
whether I just like to dance. It's like, if you like it, you're going to take lessons. You're going to practice every day. You know, so there was, there's a lot of work that goes with following your dreams, whatever they are. But I started in Dayton, Ohio, and then ended up in New York City. I went to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy and was an actor for 10 years on Broadway and became a director in my mid-30s. And it was very scary to change careers. When I was at the height of my career as an actress, I realized that you know, in my lifetime, I had worked with one Black woman that was in, you know, on the creative team. She was a choreographer. And I'd always played a Black woman on stage, and I'd always been directed by white men. And I was like, how is it possible that every word I've ever uttered have been words written by white men? Every time I've been told to move, I've been mostly choreographed by white men. And why is it that, you know, every, the person talking to me about who my character is, what they feel, what they think has always been a white man. And if I want that to change, I need to be the change. So I decided that I wanted to be a director so that I could create the opportunities for black women, especially to be able to look across the table and have sometimes the complex and difficult conversations about how we are being portrayed on the stage. That is so powerful. So, so beautiful. Oh, so complex too. So Shelly, tell us about Black Theater United. And yes, and, and lady, if you are listening to us, you need to check us out on Patreon to catch the full video of this episode because just mentioning Black Theater United brought the hugest smile to Shelly's face. So Shelly, tell us more about Black Theater United and what it's been like having a seat at the table and intentionally cultivating and creating spaces for Black women. Black Theater United has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. I got a call from, from Audra McDonald probably three or four days after the killing of George Floyd. And she said, a bunch of us are getting together on a Zoom on Sunday night. Can you join us? And I said, yes, of course. You know, I was sitting in a place of a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And I, I joined the call and, you know, there are people that I knew very well, you know, Billy Porter, who's been friends of mine for years, was on the call. Brian Stokes Mitchell, LaShawns, Vanessa Williams, as I said, Audra. So many people that I love, admire, Lilius White, people I've known for years and years and years. And we all had the same feeling, which was, what are we going to do about this? We all have our various platforms and, and we all have, you know, we're all expressing our anger and our pain, but now we have to, we have to come together and figure out what the plan is. We knew we had influence on the, um, you know, on Broadway, on our stages, but black people were getting killed on the streets. So we knew that we had to not only look at how are we going to make our business better, which is certainly complicit in the perpetuation of the stereotypes of black people, which is getting them killed. Right. But we also had to get active in advocating as a group and creating an atmosphere where we were using our platforms to advocate to save black lives. And so, you know, we started meeting and we have met every Sunday night since then. 
We have many committees. We went through a strategic plan. And one of the things that we realized was that our business had to change. We were obviously on a, on a, a long pause for Broadway during the pandemic, but there was no way that we were going to come back the way that we were. We had to have the, the brave and bold and difficult conversations. We needed to lean in. We needed the people that were the gatekeepers, that are the gatekeepers, to create, be part of creating the solutions. Our job wasn't to spoon feed them. Their job was to educate themselves, to talk about what they thought needed to change, and for us to kind of be, to ensure that there was really changes in structures, habits, and accountability. So that's what the New Deal is. Firm commitments from theater owners, producers, directors, choreographers, designers, and unions about structural changes in our industry. That will go on. You know, our, we are planning for the New Deal to be, you know, at least the next five years that we will continue to meet. We have committees that are meeting on a regular basis. And we're going to continue to, you know, educate ourselves. We're doing our own diversity training that's part of Black Theater United. We trained every single person that was a part of this initial summit. And we will continue to do so, so that we are growing our own humanity as we are thinking very critically about how we must move ahead and holding ourselves accountable to do so. Wow. That's amazing. T, okay. I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay. So you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, People find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love? OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes, yes, that is it. And, 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 we could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm so, let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit newyearworkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions, and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's newyearworkshop.com. We, we can't, can't wait, wait to, to connect, connect with you. you. I think many of us, we, we hear people complain about the issues, right? And sometimes people get comfortable with complaining, right? It's like that's the extent of the action they take. It's like, oh, again, all oh, the man, this or this happened. But the fact that you all have been so committed, that's so admirable. And I think that's a great way to showcase to other people in their areas of influence how you can make a difference. So I want to kind of go back to something you said earlier. You talked about how supportive your parents were of this creative career that you wanted to pursue. And I, I know a lot of creatives and people, a lot of times, especially if their parents are not creatives, they don't really get that support, right? So what would your top three tips be for black women who want to get into theater 
but maybe they don't have that support from their family. I do believe that more than anything else, you have to believe in yourself. And you have to, you know, the one thing that I knew, you know, now we say, you know, you got hustle. I was not afraid to hustle. I I knew I wanted this so badly. I, you know, cleaned the dance studio so that I could have free lessons. I waitressed. I had four roommates in a one bedroom. I was like, I will do what it takes, you know, to make sure that I'm continuing. You know, I had four roommates in a one bedroom. We had two bunk beds. (laughs) Somebody was kind of always on tour. So there was seldom where we all four there at the same time. But I I knew the sacrifices I was making, I was investing in myself and in my dreams. So I didn't go into this, you know, thinking that I was going to be on Broadway in the first year. And I certainly wasn't. I worked in Europe for three years. I worked regionally. I worked at a dinner theater that used to flood and we'd have to walk on like glasses to get to the States or our dance shoes. But I mean, I've worked all over the place. When I finally got to Broadway, I felt like I had earned it. I had paid my dues. I had made my mistakes elsewhere. I had, you know, I have the most amazing memories and friendships that, you know, my friendships from Europe. And the time there are still some of my longest, most cherished friendships. That whatever you do is going to take work and it's going to take sacrifice. And it is not a career that has the guarantee you're not going to work on a show for 40 years and then retire. There's going to be times when you're going to be like hustling again. You're going to be on Broadway on a Sunday and on Tuesday, you're going to be auditioning and like, you know, trying to pick up a shift at the restaurant. You know, there's, that's the life. And that's the realistic part of the life. And and if you're willing to do that, if you have a good side hustle where you can teach dance class, you can do other things that keep you in the arts or babysit or all those kind of things, then, then this is then 100% pursue this. If that's not your, your jam, then find a way to be around the arts in a way that still fulfills you, but maybe does not have the risk of, you know, being a performing artist, because there certainly is a risk. I have found it to be extraordinarily worth it for me, but that's certainly not for everybody. I'm taking notes as you share. So I have hustle creatively, sacrifice, persistence, be around the arts and Dr. Dom's favorite quote, embrace the process or trust the process. So thank you for that, Shelly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I will tell you something. Be around the arts was one of my professors in school said, do whatever you can do to be around theater. So I ushered a lot for theaters and you could see free shows. You can't do it for union shows, you know, because there's a, there's an ushers union, but I did it for a lot of off-Broadway shows. And then I sold merchandise. And this is a true story. I was coat checking at a restaurant in Midtown. And a friend of mine said, there's a new show that's coming into Broadway. And they're looking for a coat check girl. Not a coat check. They're looking for a a merchandise person. Are you, you know, do you want the gig? And as my professor said, be around theater. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That show was Rent. I was the original merchandise girl for Rent. Wow. I went on. Yeah. I watched the show every day and then at intermission sold t-shirts and hats. When it came around for the audition, who knew the show better than me? 
I got the first national tour. I was the dance captain. And, you know, a few months later, I made my Broadway debut. Wow. That's incredible. So I like my hustle was like selling t-shirts and hats at the very show in the very theater that I made my Broadway debut. I love, love, love this story. As I'm listening to you, I think the biggest lesson that that you shared out of all of this is what your professor shared with you is be in the theater, be around it. So even if you aren't doing the exact role that you want, be in the space. Be in the space. Watch artists make art. Learn what you can learn. Take it in. Look at the lighting. Look at the costumes. Look at the sets. Like, take it all in. It's all part of the world. Listen to the way that the people are getting notes. Watch the way people are taking notes. Mm. Take it all in. And so as you were doing that, Shelly, what were your biggest takeaways from all of those years of observation of just being in the space, right? What were your biggest takeaways from your years of observation once you started directing and creating? There was this whole philosophy in theater that you had to break people down to build them back up. And it was like, you know, we kind of need to just, you know, break you down, beat you down, kind of, you know, point out all your flaws, get you to a very vulnerable place, and then we're going to restore you back. That was a philosophy that was held for a lot of years. You know, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, in the dance world, it's a super critical, that's not right, your back's not straight enough, your toes aren't pointed enough. You know, it's just like, all we're looking at are the flaws, right? The one thing I realized is I just wanted to be around people who were kind. I wanted to feel valued. You know, I, I spent my whole life working to be in this place. I don't want to be abused when I get there. And so the thing that I think about as a director is how absolutely blessed I am that these actors and actresses said yes. That when I had the dream of what a show was going to be and they came in and auditioned, they're literally my dream come true. And the last thing I want to do is abuse them. I want to embolden them to be their authentic self in the space. I want them to be brave. I want them to be honest. And if there are times when they need to take a minute, I want them to know that they are in a safe space and they can say, you know what? I need to take a minute. And so I, I really do try to lead the room with the, with the same kindness that I would want. And I find that everyone around me is filled with joy. And it doesn't mean that we don't have obstacles. I was just in London last week working on a show and our deadline kept changing. And I kept going, okay, y'all, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, on the inside, I was like, what do you mean we have to go day early? But I was like, we're we're just going to do it. And and we did it. And it was so beautiful. And every moment of those rehearsals, we had to deal with very difficult subject matter. And there were times when, you know, the whole room was crying. It was was really difficult because of the, the theme, because of what we were talking about in the show. It was just, it really hit close to home. And, you know, you just say, hey, everybody, let's, let's take 10. Let's take a little walk. Let's get some air. Let's, you know, just being sensitive to knowing we're not machines. And if we're going to make bold and brave art, 
that starts with kindness and respect. What that an amazing, so yeah, right. I'm just thinking what an amazing energy to have as a director, like the person yes. that's in charge, having people under you, but you having that type of energy and being able to just share that with your team. That sounds amazing. I'm not an actor, but I want to, I want to be on Broadway with you now, Shelly. Like you sold me. I'm ready to go. But Shelly, I thought about something you said in the beginning that was just so powerful about being this black woman you know, you were an actress on Broadway for 10 years. You had these white directors trying to like tell these stories of a, a black woman's narrative and you having to read their words and move as they said to move. And I wanted to know, has there ever been an instance where you didn't agree with how they were portraying the black woman? And you, did you ever like give feedback or is there a way to offer feedback when the director who doesn't relate to your experience is telling you one thing, but you're like, that's not how black women, that's not how we do things, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a delicate balance. I mean, I've certainly, there's certainly directors that would not work with me again, that's for sure. Because I was seldom ever shy about saying how I felt. But, you know, that comes at a cost. And not everyone is, is in the position to pay the cost. And it's really interesting because I, you know, I've talked with, you know, young, younger generation that, will sometimes feel like people who didn't speak up in all of the moments had somehow sold out. And, and I am very cautious about judging the situation that somebody else is in. You know, I, I think if, if, you're, if what you're doing is your means of survival, then maybe you do need to keep your mouth shut. And maybe someone who's sitting in a place of a little bit more privilege can speak up. And that if someone sits silently and I find out, you know, at the end, oh my gosh, they endured all this. I actually have great empathy for them, especially if they knew what was going on. And, you know, I I don't like to, I don't like to pretend to be in someone else's position. There are times where I've, where I've spoken up and really paid the cost and, and actually, you know, was told you're never going to play this role because I don't like you like <laughs> a big Broadway director. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I sat back because, you know, it was futile. Like they're going to do, I, I, we would all kind of look at each other, you know, the look where you're like, I don't know what they're doing. Look. And okay. My check cash is on Thursday. Where do you want me, Sam? So I've had both, you know, in my 30 years of career. That's so real. That is so, so, so like just real. Like I think about as I have conversations with people of multiple generations, right? And Mm -hmm. we talk about what it's like to be black in America. And, And the biggest takeaway is that we're not monolithic. And that everybody's experience is different and that everybody can play a different role at different points when Mm -hmm. it comes to advocating for the betterment of all black folks. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of having conversations with the younger generation, Shelly. Yes. Now, I mean, we just talked about how. You are an actress and a director and a dancer. Now you have added 
children's book author to that list of amazing things that you were doing. So tell us about your new children's book, Your Legacy, A Bold Reclaiming of Our Enslaved History. Well, Your Legacy came about because I was trying to have a conversation with my daughters about slavery. And I didn't know how to do it. I knew for sure that I did not want them to hear about it in school the way that I had, which was traumatizing. And the little bit that we got was woefully incomplete. And I felt like all eyes were on me. You know, I was one of the few black kids in the class. And, you know, everybody looks over like, those are your people. Like, it was just, it was horrifying. And so I wanted to talk to them about it. And and I didn't know how. I didn't know how to begin. And so I started doing a lot of research. And what I discovered was really just so illuminating for me as a grown woman. And I realized that I actually didn't want to have a conversation with them about slavery. Slavery is an act of oppression. What I wanted to have a conversation with them about was their enslaved ancestors. And creating that distinction really turned what I thought was going to be, you know, a dreadful, hard conversation into, into one that I was thrilled to talk to them about. I think of this book as the first conversation, because I think it's really important to know who they were before we talk about what was done to them. So the slavery conversation has happened with my children now, by now, you know, I've, I've had that conversation, but they had a better understanding of the extraordinary ancestors that endured such brutal and violent acts of oppression. They have an understanding of their intellect, of their brilliance, of their love, of their grace, of their dignity that allowed them to survive so that we could be here living a free life. And without understanding who they were first in Africa and the full and complete lives that they lived there before arriving in in the Americas, Their story, their origin story did not start at 1619. Their origin story started thousands of years before that. So, you know, the very first line of the book is, your story begins in Africa. And that's something that I wanted every Black child to know. Your story begins in Africa. And let's look at your people fully clothed, speaking their many languages, thriving with their families, building kingdoms. That's what began the story and began the book. And and I realized if I were having such a problem, you know, having this conversation, many other parents must be as well. And I'd ask my parents, like, I'd ask my friends, do you talk to your kids about, you know, slavery? And they were like, no, (laughs) Nobody kind of knew because I was like, anybody got a cheat sheet? Like, who's got what? I need some help. And and everybody was like, not yet. No, I'm looking for something. You know, so I had a feeling that, you know, if I if I could figure it out for my kids, that perhaps it would be a great resource for other children as well. 
How amazing. I mean, it, when you think about, like you said, the traumatic experiences that many of us have had being the only black person, only black kid in class, and they look at you like you can share experiences about that time when we're all, you know, peers. It's just, it, it is traumatic. So it's so beautiful that you started where the story began because it didn't begin when they came to America, right? Which is mm-hmm. what we were, many of us were taught in school. Would you mind sharing, like, what was your daughter's reaction? to these, this amazing research that you had done? Like, how did they respond to that? Well, it was, it was so interesting because I, every draft I read to them and their questions opened up more things for me to talk about. You know, I wrote, there's a little section that I wrote about music and obviously music's a big part of our lives, you know, in my own personal life. So they were like, well, music was a powerful tool. Well, how was it a powerful tool? And in what way was it powerful? Like, well, when it's so actually the music section got expanded because of their curiosity and wanting to know more. And I was like, oh, when we started talking about, you know, I, I illuminate ways of escape. And something that I talked to them about was like, there's more than just escape means more than one thing. It's not just the people that were able to literally escape to the North. It's about every act of defiance was a means for escape. And really kind of talking about how brave it was to steal a little, you know, some spices, to teach someone to read, to learn to read and write in English, you know, and and really enforcing for them, they spoke other languages. The more things that I broke down for them when I was reading my original drafts of the book, the more I realized I needed to expand the book. Most children's books are 32 pages. And when they tell you, like, your book has to be 32 pages, like, that's like a mandate for a children's book. My book is actually, I think, like 41 pages. And God bless, you know, Abram's kids for giving me the latitude to do that. But I was like, I really, I need to break this down. And, and really expand this because this area is so lacking for us in the, in the literary world. There's not enough of us writing our own stories. And the ones that, you know, those of us who, there are plenty of people I'm sure who are writing our own stories, but not all of them are getting published. So, you know, can I, can I continue to write what I feel is necessary? And then you can cut from there. And they thankfully were in agreement and, uh, and allowed the book to be published as, as I wanted. Amazing. I Thank you yes. for writing this book. Thank you. I'm sure that it's going to help a lot of parents. I'm trying to mute myself as my infant is screaming downstairs. So thank you so much, Shelly. I'll be sure to get that copy and read it to my child when she's old enough. And even now, honestly, as an infant, you know, they, I know that reading is super good for our children now. What we want to do at this point, Shelly, is we want to shift up the energy of this conversation. Yeah. So let's go ahead. And you've already provided so many gems, so much inspiration and so much insight. But we're going to learn about a different side of Shelly that you all may not have ever heard of in her facial expression. <laughs> when I said that, I was like, what, what's happening? So exactly. Shelly, let's just dive mm-hmm. on in. Let's because we recognize, appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman And we here on the Cultivating Her Space podcast, we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, Mm -hmm. and ratchet. You know, you can still be be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. Shelly, we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Let's do it. I'm doing it. (laughs) 
Yes. Okay, we got it, Dom. All right, Shelly. So what this means is we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to choose, or you're going to choose one photo that we have of you on screen. We're going to share our screen. Oh, Jesus. We would love for you to provide more context around the photo that we wouldn't know just by looking at the photo. Okay. All right, Dom, you want to take it from here? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start you off classy, unless you choose to answer with something a little bit more ratchet. But okay, what is the best piece of wisdom or advice that you have ever received? From my mother. She said, your name goes with you everywhere. Be careful whose lips it's left on. And be mindful that everywhere your name is seen, your reputation will follow. Oh, I and then love she said, that. And you go somewhere, you're representing me. So do not, do not that's, that's a That's a black mama piece of advice. You have to say, don't embarrass me. Because right. everywhere you go, you represent me. Yeah. That yes. is, but like, I've, I've always been really mindful of like, do I want my name on that? Do I want, you know, do I want to be associated with that? I, I'm, I'm a very private person, you know, to begin with. So that was like a, I really do think about where my name is and whose lips my name is, you know, are on the company I keep. That is amazing advice. I got goosebumps. I hope your mom does not listen to this episode because I, I'm a little nervous about this next question, Shelly. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I have four Go words ahead. for you. I have four words for you, Shelly. Twerk or two-step? Oh, twerk. Yes. yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's easy. Twerk. That's easy. No hesitation. Okay. Okay, dancer. We we see the roots. We we get it. <laughs> you go there. I appreciate it. Okay. And so, Shelly, what is the sexiest item that you own? Oh, I have some amazing high heel leather boots. And they are Ooh. gorgeous. And when I wear them, I feel so sexy. Oh, I feel sexy for like a half an hour, and then I feel just pain. Yes, and they, they gotta come <laughs> but off. That, but that half hour, I feel so damn fine. <laughs> it's like that half hour feels so good. Yes, I feel myself for a full half hour. Yeah. I love that. And I love the honesty because at this point, it's like, okay, the heels got to come off after the 30 minutes, but at least you, you felt sexy for a little bit. We love that. <laughs> so now we have a sentence completion. You know, completion. I'm not a heels off girl. Oh. I will tell you, I'm not a heels off. I'm, I'm, I will take a seat. Okay. So you just but look cute with the heels. On. I love it. Yes. So it's like, I'm still looking cute with my heels on. We're just not going to be standing up and dancing and doing all that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So, Shelly, now we're going to move on to our sentence completions. Okay, so what we want you to do is finish the sentence. One question or topic I wished people asked me about more often is... My kids. No one, like, people seldom ever ask me about my children. And and it's really interesting because I think that most people do not associate professional women as mothers. And most mothers don't like to talk about professional mothers do not like to talk about their children. But I actually think being a mother has made me a better director, a better listener, a better communicator. And and I wish that more people would invite my full life into a space. I bogarted in there anyway, but 
But I really wish that people would really want to know all of me and not just the piece of me that they want to hire or work with. Well, since you put it out there for us, Shelly, uh-oh, tell us what is your favorite thing about each of your kids? My daughter, Sayla, full on dances like no one's watching. She has just this unabandoned joy. And when music is on or she's singing or she's playing the piano, like she just is the most free, has no sense of, am I doing this right? She just like, her dancing is the most joyful thing in the world. My daughter, Sasha, is one of the funniest human beings I have ever met in my entire life. When comedians say I was making people laugh, like at the table when I was three, this girl does a full-on stand-up show every night. And she is, her timing is amazing, but there's like not a joke that she doesn't miss or recall. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see like what she grows up to be when she's older. But she's like the person you want to be sitting next to at an event. Like, you want to be sitting next to Sasha, like, either at a party or at a funeral. Like, she's the girl who's going to be given, like, the side eye and the comment. 100%. Already, at 10 years old, she's the one. They sound so amazing. And I'm glad that we have this interview here. Because one day when Sasha might be on that stand-up stage, we'll be able to refer back to the interview. Like, remember when her mom said? You know? So that that's kind of cool. I love it. Now, Shelly, our last sentence completion is... What I love most about myself is... I'm fearless. I really do think that anything's possible. I don't know whether it's my age, but I do feel like there's... Why not try anything? But if I want to do something, I'm not afraid to ask the question. I'm not afraid to do it. I'm not afraid to put myself out there. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to get back up again. I love that. That's just so, so beautiful. Okay, so Shelly, now we're going to move to your photos. So we've pulled (laughs) one photo from your Instagram that we think optimizes what it means to be the multifaceted woman that you are, right? Uh-huh. So you're going to pick a number between one and three. We okay. will show you the photo and then you will provide for our listening audience the context. What's what's something that we wouldn't know about what we see in this photo? OK, number two. All right, here we go. Oh, okay, so this is a per- this is a picture. Can I tell everybody? Yes. Oh, for sure. So it's a picture of me and Titus Burgess. And here's something that you don't know about this is that I have known Titus, goodness, 15, 16 years since his very first Broadway show, which is a show called Good Vibrations. And we became friends then and have been friends ever since. I have been at his house when he's written songs. We have worked together. We have had lots of many, many, many dinners and laughs and watching his career ascend has been one of the great joys of my life. 
but we have we have been friends for over 15 years and I just adore him. I don't know. Oh, this was at a Broadway Inspirational. This is backstage at a Broadway Inspirational Voices concert. It's uh, like this picture. Thank you for sharing. That is so cool. It's always nice and fun to get the context behind the photo that you just see on social media. And it's like, we get the inside scoop now. So thank you so much for that, Shelly. And Shelly, we just want to thank you for being who you are and for all that you've done for our community and what you continue to do. I think that you have just, I mean, your trailblazing spirit is contagious. And I really do believe that our listeners will be inspired and they're going to get that fire under them by listening to this interview. You are so inspiring. We just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for supporting your legacy. This book is, it's my, you know, my baby. And it means so much to me to talk about it with black, black women, talk about it with mothers, as we think about, you know, who we want our children to be in the future and how they, we want them to see themselves and really go towards their history. Not, not turn away from it, but really run towards it with great pride. I will tell you, you know, one little thing. I went to Washington, D.C. to work and we went to the museum there, the African-American Museum. And there's a plaque there that shows the Washington Monument and the White House. And it talks about the enslaved people that built it. It is incredible to walk around Washington, D.C. with your children and say, we built that. We built that. We built that. It was our genius that engineered that. We built all of this. That to me, that's our legacy. And so it, it is it's so wonderful to be in conversation with both of you. And thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, I just got chills. I was like, oh, I, I put myself in that space as you were talking about walking around DC and I've been to DC many times and I put myself in that space and I got chills as you were talking about how our ancestors built that city. Mm -hmm. So Shelly, I know our listeners want to buy these books. The holidays are right upon us. Where can our listeners find your legacy? And then where can they get in contact with you? I'm on Instagram. Um, so that's the best place to contact me. And it's at Shelly Williams. And it's, and it's also at Legacy Book. You're at your Legacy Book. You can, I always encourage everyone, if they can, to buy their books from an independent bookseller and a Black independent bookseller if they can. But you can get it everywhere. You can obviously get it at all the, you know, dot com retails the very very popular one it's <laughs> it's selling there and doing very well there but i do i love to support independent black booksellers as much as i can so i highly encourage that but thank you so much shelly for your time we appreciate you and lady we hope you enjoyed this conversation thank you hey lady it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health. 
but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.